With Jonesy and Amanda. In September 2018, Kylie Moore Gilbert was on her way home from an academic conference in Iran when she was arrested. Accused of espionage, trapped in a foreign country, Kylie was detained and eventually imprisoned. Over the course of 804 days, much of which was spent in solitary confinement, she resisted making a false confession despite relentless interrogation and psychological torture. It's hard to imagine this story. It's quite extraordinary. Kylie has written a book about it called The Uncaged Sky and she joins us now. Hello, Kylie. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on the show, Kylie. I'm reading your book and and it starts off, you're about to leave Iran, you're about to get out of there, then all of a sudden you're at passport control, you're in a room, and then next minute it just gets worse and worse. That must have been dreadful. Oh, it was terrifying. I I had no idea what was happening because I didn't speak Farsi. Their English was appalling. They weren't wearing uniforms, so I and they didn't show me any badge or any license or anything. So I, I had no idea who the men were that had arrested me. They were just a group of plain clothes, thuggish looking men, mm. uh, and they took me to a, a location that, you know, I, I wasn't aware of either. So I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who arrested me, and I didn't know why. So it was. Frightening. Absolutely. And did you find out why? Why you? You were a foreign woman in Iran, but you were there for a conference. Yeah, I'd been invited to Iran actually for um, as an academic seminar by an Iranian university, and um, I'd only gone to Iran for three weeks. I was, you know, at the airport checking into my flight to go back home afterwards, and when this happened to me, and. I had a lot of time, obviously, to think and to ruminate in my cell after they threw me in prison. And I often ask myself, why me? Why has this happened to me? And I think I was really, really unlucky because I got flagged on this, these guys' radar and they were the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is kind of a paramilitary group within mm. Iran, a state within a state sort of thing. It's not the Iranian government. And, um, you know, I spoken to somebody who was aligned with them, associated with them, and he sold me out. You know, he'd got some sort of benefit for dobbing me into this group and um, flagging me as suspicious for whatever reason. And due to that bad luck, I I was thrown in prison. Because you are an Islamic academic scholar from Melbourne, and your husband is ex-Russian, but he'd been over in Israel, and they were worried about some sort of Zionist link or something, and they thought that you were a spy. Yeah, um, so I don't think that I don't think they knew that my husband had my ex-husband had Israeli citizenship when they first started looking into me. I right. think that emerged a bit later, and obviously that made me even more suspicious in their eyes. But yes, um, I am a scholar of Middle Eastern studies, um, formerly at the University of Melbourne. So maybe that you know my research wasn't about Iran at all. I'd never written anything on Iran. I knew I shouldn't talk about the nuclear program or the Supreme Leader or any of these taboo subjects inside Iran, but maybe, yeah, that aroused their suspicions. But at the end of the day, you spent 804 days locked up for being doing nothing other than being yourself. Yeah, exactly. The, these people are completely paranoid, you know. They, they're seeing spies everywhere. They're living in this fantasy world of conspiracy theories and... You know, the harm that they've done to countless people's lives because of this worldview is, is really shocking. You know, I'm not the only one, and, I, and unfortunately I don't think I will be the only one that they've done this to. 804 days, a lot of which was in solitary confinement, is almost unimaginable. Can you just 
describe briefly, paint a picture as to what that is? Oh, I mean, I was in a variety of different cells and at times I had cellmates, um, but certainly the beginning was the hardest. I was thrown in a two-by-two-metre box without a window, without any natural light, with no stimulation whatsoever. There was no furniture. There wasn't even bedding. There wasn't a pillow. I just had a few scratchy, old, dirty military blankets. And um, the light was on 24 hours a day. There was absolutely nothing to do but go crazy, you know. Your, your, your brain became your enemy. Mm. You had to somehow switch off your mind, switch off your thought process to survive because trapped in this room 23 hours a day with absolutely no stimulation, you go crazy. Wow. And while this is happening, you're thinking, well, can this get worse? Your husband had an affair with a university colleague. Honestly, all things considered, what happened to me in prison and, and the conditions I was subjected to was a hell of a lot worse to deal with than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could see the upside. Yeah, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that when I was there sure. in prison. So I wasn't, and it was probably a good thing that I wasn't aware of that, to be honest. We didn't know much about your case until later on, and I know you've said your family were told not to say anything because it might impede the negotiations. But do you wish in retrospect we had known what was going on and fought for you? Yes, it was what I wanted. It it was what I was asking the embassy staff and my family, you know, on the odd occasion that I spoke to them to do. But... You know, it was a very difficult call to make. My family were being told that if they spoke out, it could endanger me. Mm. And, you know, what, what parents of somebody are going to then go and speak out if they're told that, you know. So it was a really, really hard decision to make. But thankfully, I had some amazing friends and colleagues who, after the news got out that I was there about one year after my incarceration began, they started campaigning for me. And I'm really, really grateful to them. Well, it's great you're back, and I, I guess you won't be going over to the Middle East anytime soon. Maybe Hawaii. Hawaii's good. You never get in trouble in Hawaii. Unless you're Scott Morrison. Unless you're Scott Morrison. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed all of that stuff, actually, the fires and everything. When I wasn't even really aware of them at all when I was in Iran. I, I didn't even know Scott Morrison was the Prime Minister, can you believe? Because <laughs> I, knew there was, I knew there was an election, but, you know, the last time I heard Bill Shorten was going to win. <laughs> that was it. So, yeah, I actually thought Bill Shorten was the PM for a few months there. Well, ScoMo feels the same. He's going, well, I'm Prime Minister. How did this happen? <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, Kylie, I'm reading the book and I'm really enjoying it, but it's just an, an incredible tale. The Uncaged Sky is out now in all good bookstores and online. Kylie Moore Gilbert, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Kylie. Jonesy and Amanda's Damnation.